Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. Now, today's uh, guest is really special and has got an amazing story. So if this doesn't inspire you, then I don't know what will. She is the founder of the Art of the Evolutionary Entrepreneur. She survived five near-death experiences by the age of 17, but has been able to overcome and heal herself from abuse, addiction, codependency, victim consciousness, and so much more. She has been able to build two six-figure businesses by the age of 28 and isn't stopping there. She was also locked up in jail while being innocent in a foreign country where she was able to develop a lot of different skills, work on herself, and to overcome some amazing things. So her story is, is going to be incredibly powerful. So I'm super excited to have her on. Tabita Dietrich, welcome to the show. Hi, Lance. Glad to be here. Awesome. Love having you. And I saw your story when I connected with you there. I, I, was, I was super excited because um, there's a lot of different people out there. I have, there's a lot of um, female entrepreneurs, even that I've worked with, that would just get a lot from your story. And I'm really excited to share it. So do you want to just, let's, let's dive deep. Let's go back to uh, fill in the gaps from, from where I started there and your, uh, your background and where you came from. Totally. So where do you want to get started? Well, whatever feels natural to you, where the starting point, where it all, where you learn the most, where you went through the, the start of your adversity, where you started to learn the lessons and kind of where we ended up today. Hmm. I probably have to start when I was a kid because I think, I don't only think, I hundred percent believe that every single child that is born now or that is like because I think we are most more or less the same age I haven't actually checked but I think so let's I'm, just say I'm, our generation. I'm 35 yeah okay so we have a six six year gap but that's perfectly fine well, you're obviously but, um, younger I'm 20 I just turned 29 oh, okay yeah awesome so um I kind of I kind of knew what I knew right so it wasn't I was a child and then I had to learn all of these things I just knew what I knew, but like how I was brought up and like basically my, my, my family, my, my father, my parents and the school systems I was in, they taught me different things. So my, my father was quite a religious person, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it kind of went against everything I believed in or I knew to be true, even though I was a child. So I would say that was like the first challenge. But I mean, with the challenge, there is always a gift. We never get a challenge without a gift, right? Or you could say even the challenge is the gift. So it kind of, it kind of because of all the, the noise around me, it kind of made me stronger in the ability to believe in myself and to believe in what I see to be true and to not get distracted or, or listen to what other people are saying, even though it's like parents and school systems and whatever. So it kind of made me question a lot of things that you hear about how the world works and God and whatever. It made me question those things because I'm a person, I'm like, when I enter the room, I watch people and I observe people. 
and then I see whether or not what they're saying is actually accurate with what they're living. So, and, and that is kind of my measurement for like going through life. And if I see that there is something that is not authentic, um, I will, I will talk, I will talk about it. Or if I talk to the person, I will say, Hey, listen, um, you said this and this, but you're doing this. So something here is out of alignment. Something here is not in integrity. And like, that's basically how it started. Um, but then my, my parents got divorced. I think I was around nine, nine years old when they actually separated. Um, and I, even though my father was like a very abusive person, like not only verbally, but physically as well, my, my, my world kind of broke apart because even though I didn't believe everything he said, he was my father and I, I admired him of course. So I, I kind of went on a, you could say this whole questioning everything, it can lead to a self-destructive path as well because you, you start doubting every, every single person and like you, you start mistrusting what other people are saying. So that was kind of what was happening. And then I, I of course, was really heartbroken about my whole childhood and how everything went down and like the constant fear and the constant abuse. And like after a while, it was just too much. So I kind of fled into my own world and that is, it was an advantage, but at the same time, it was a disadvantage as well, because you can get lost there. And I remember like every single time when I was like close or when I was hitting one of those near death experiences, um, like my, it, it was actually for me to kind of expand into what I knew to be true to not forget. And then I kind of had this inner sign where you could say like my soul called me back and let me know, hey, you are not like you are not ready to leave. This is what you need to be doing. Like you could say, I came back with a clear instruction of what I had to change and what I had to do, because you can one hundred percent get lost. And that was probably for me the way to stay connected to myself, because we all have this this inner wisdom, that that source that is guiding us through life and that gives us all the answers that we truly need. So we can start seeking outside of ourselves or we can listen to that source. And for me, I call it soul. It doesn't really matter what we call it because it's just what it is. Um, for me, that was my guidance. So it, that's why I'm saying it's a challenge, but it was a gift at the same time. Um, and because of that, because I listened to that guidance, I was then like at the age of 18, I had to make a choice. It's either I'm going to go and study and get a, a degree like everyone else. And I certainly had all the grades, so I would have gotten in no problem. I was accepted, everything was set up. And because I had this inner guidance that told me this is not your path and I listened to it, I was like, all right, right forget about it. I'm going to start my entrepreneurial journey. And that was like literally how this whole thing began. Um, so I think... For every single person, like you are in, you have major life decisions to make. And it's not that there is anything that could go wrong. I think even if I would have chosen to actually go and study, I would have still come back to my path because there was no way around it. Because this inner guidance was always there. And if I don't listen the first time, there will be a next and the next and the next time. So it's like, I always tell to my clients, if you're born for it, you're just 
that's it. That's your path and you have to fulfill it. So our generation, we are the people who have to walk that path and who are like here to establish a whole new way of living and doing life. And there is a huge gap between what our parents have taught us and what we came to believe, right? Because we are natural freedom thinkers and we are born to like, hey, I'm here to change the world and I'm here to reinvent humanity, but I need to freaking know how to do that. So being an entrepreneur is like, you have to be an entrepreneur to accomplish that because you cannot enter an old way of thinking and system and stay true to yourself if you're like living in this new kind of paradigm, if you came with this new way of living. So this is basically what you know to be true for yourself and what I know to be true for myself. Right. Yeah. So let's go, let's take a step back a bit. Let's, um, what, so when you're talking about how, so you grew up, your, your, your father, they're, the beliefs that were installed into you early. Um, you said you were, you were born in Switzerland, raised in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So for, for, you had this realization that that wasn't obviously the, the way to go and the beliefs that you had, what kind of beliefs were installed on you and when you were growing up, what made you realize those weren't the things and what made you decide like one day, wait a minute, this isn't right. And this is, this is the path I want to go. And what helped you to develop, you know, that, that connection to source, because nowadays that's, that's, you know, it's our greater self. It's in, and whatever you call it, like you said, God, it doesn't really matter. But a lot of times people have some sort of realization from past beliefs Mm -hmm. And then they realize that what they were conditioned to think isn't necessarily right and it's not serving them. So how are your beliefs different when you're younger and like what was what happened to make that shift for you? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. I like that you asked the question. So like my father was all about the Bible and nothing wrong with the Bible. But then he, like he talked about um, how to live um, in alignment with what God wants from us and with Jesus Christ and like everything the Bible says. But we know that there are two parts like the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He merely believed in the Old Testament. So everything was kind of fear-based, which is like how, however you turn, like whatever religion you look at, there are always this either fear or it's love. And he was the, the one who believed in a God that has to be feared. So like that is what he did as well. And that is why he believed in, yeah, you need to um, punish the kids and physically punish them and like, like, you know, mold them into what God wants from them. Like God has a will that is um, installed, has to be installed. And if they don't follow that path, they're doomed to live in hell forever once they die. So that was like, that was his belief. And um, I remember I, I remember one very important, I don't know what kind of awakening it was, but um, I remember I, must, I, was a, I was really young. I don't know how old I was, but I asked myself the question. I basically said, God, well, if there is a life that should be great here on earth, why do I suffer so much? I mean, why do I have to endure all these pains? And then there's supposed to be Jesus Christ and like, you know, we are supposed to be saved and forgiven for our sins. Why do I suffer? Why don't you come and help me? So 
kind of that was for me the changing point where I was like, something is not right. And then I kind of shut down and I turned away from, from like the whole thing. Um, and I kind of went on this self-destructive path, which was really important as well, because then I kind of reached a point where I had to decide is either I'm going to die, which I tried, like I didn't try to actually kill myself, but like I just had all these self-destructive behaviors. It's either I'm going to die and that didn't work, or I'm going to find a way back into life. And that was really, that was the decision I had to make. So it's not it's never just one moment. Like there are several moments where you have these kind of, that's why I call grace. Like these moments of grace where you're like, Hey, it's like, that's why I say like my soul always gave me the signal to like, Hey, this is kind of done. So it, it felt more like I I'm going through all of these things to understand how it works, to understand what people are going through. Like, in their minds, in their emotions, in their bodies, and like, because it's all like a mindset thing, right? You're entering one morphogenetic field, and this is kind of the, the thoughts that are going around, and then you enter the next, and like this, is, you, you, you basically get the point. So for me, that was the way to understand and grasp that, and then when I was through that, there was always this moment of grace coming that kind of pulled me out of it. I can't describe it any other way, because it literally was like that. So, um, and then I started to kind of ask myself, so what, why am I even here? I mean, what's the point in all of this? And then you know how it goes where you actually seek, um, and you want to find out what is your purpose and like all of that. And I became passionate about helping other people heal themselves from whatever they had to endure in their lives, because that was what I did with myself. And then from there, I kind of went on and I realized, hey, there is, there is no difference really in, in, in God and myself. So I kind of started to establish a connection, connection to source or God where I realized it's not someone that is outside of myself. It's not even someone that is like, that is like another being. It's like a friend. I'm like talking to a friend and I'm like, hey, what's up? Um, listen, this and that and that. And I kind of came back to this really intimate connection with myself where I realized it's very simple, actually. Like there is no such thing as separation. There is no such thing as suffering. There is no such thing as drama. There is no, you know, and I kind of had to go through these phases of like forgiving others and then forgiving myself and then realizing, hey, there is not even something to forgive. Like, if I would not have gone through all of that, I would not have understood what it was all about, right? You can't, you can't kind of crack the code of illusions if you have not lived them. So, so that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of the whole journey about it. But I think the most important part is having a really intimate connection with yourself because that gives you the intimate connection with source or God or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And the more you get connected with that source energy, the less when something happens in your life, you kind of realize that it's happening for you, not to mm -hmm. you. So how can yeah. you grow from that? And instead of playing the victim card, you kind of play like you give yourself, it, it empowers you to understand that you can use this as leverage, you know, and help other people, right? Because you know, that you'll never enjoy the light unless you enjoy the dark. Like I, I really, and I went through the same thing and I never realized that until I was going through that shitty hard time. Right now. Um, okay. So 
I just want to take it back just a sec. So you realized, okay, I, this religion has kind of painted a bad picture and you left a bad taste in your mouth regarding like the fear and all that. And you've realized you're getting on the path of, of, of developing something else that felt more aligned. Now, as you started to go on your journey, how did, what kind of challenges and, and struggles happened while, even though you had that mindset, like maybe walk us through your, your, your journey on to where you, you know, kind of the beginning of where you were before you are today on what kind of struggles you faced aside from, you know, what you faced growing up. Like what about your growth as a human and what happened along that path? Well, like lots of those kind of phases were really lonely. I was like, I was the kid, like I was 15. <laughs> um, I, I was just in rehab. And then, like, I was like, okay, I have to find a way to live. So, like, who asks themselves question at the age of 15? Like, why am I even here? Like, so that was one part. I was like, I always, I, I didn't just feel like it, but I was literally, like, the youngest um, person in the room. And, like, if I was going into, like, self-development and did seminars or whatever, I first of all had to kind of fight to even get in because I was I was a minor. And then I was, like, surrounded by 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old people. And I was sitting there and I was like, hey, dude, it's so simple. Why are you making it so hard yet? Well, it's because, you know, I'm so old and I have lived in this pattern for so long and whatever. And I always knew. I don't know how I knew that. But I always knew if you kind of come to the essence of things, it's really simple. So I kind of started writing about it. Um, and then because I started writing about it, I kind of came to more conclusions. And because I had no one around me to agree with me, I started reading a lot. So I, I, I educated myself. But as I said, I kind of pulled back from my family. I, I moved out from, from, from home. And I was, I, was, I was 16 when I was like literally moving out not just running away I just moved out and then um, I basically spent all my time by myself for 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 a lot of years um, until I was like so far ahead in in like my self-mastery and my journey that I was able to go out there and help other people because I kind of had to prepare myself it's I could have chosen to go to a monastery and then do the work there but I just stayed in my place and did the work at home. And I think that's what a lot of people are facing because the people you are surrounded by are not really, they don't understand you. They kind of think you're crazy and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that. And then when I was like, I'm not going to study, I just start my own business. Like, are you crazy? You can't do that. Everyone in your family is getting a degree and da, 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 da. And like, basically everyone called me like, crazy or whatever so that were some of the challenges for sure but because and that's why I'm saying because I was so connected to myself it I I really didn't care I just knew that this was the path for me I had to take so you, you knew entrepreneurial journey was where you wanted to be but how much has that changed now as to when because I just want to get a like a picture for people listening like what age you are so you're 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 kind of in your late 20s now what age were you deciding to go on that entrepreneurial journey and how did you like, I want to, I want to take it and, and kind of break it down. Like how did the, how did you end up in a foreign country 
in, in falsely accused of something? Like how did that mm-hmm. tie into things? I'm really interested in hearing and how you were able to bounce back from such an incredible challenge. Mm-hmm. So I was 18 um, and I still went to college. And then, but because I was always like into self-development and all these kind of things, like I met a lot of people along the way and then some of them wanted to work with me and then some of them wanted to kind of pull from my knowledge and include me in their work and whatever. And then all of a sudden, like I had all these people like, I want to work with you. Like they were kind of intrigued. I like, I really stumbled kind of into it. it. I didn't plan for this to happen. So, and then I realized, okay, I actually am more passionate about working and helping other people than like going to school. So I spent most of my time doing this, this instead of going to school. I still got my degree and everything. If I wanted to go and study now, I could still do that. But I like I don't need to and I don't want to. Mm. Um, and then I spent like the next five years from the age of 18 until the age of 23. That was when I got locked up working and helping people. And then I went on vacation like I didn't really. That was my thing. Like I was so caught up in working a lot and helping other people. I, I kind of stopped taking care of myself And then after three years of working right through, I was like, I need a break. And then I went on vacation. You could say I met the wrong people or I trusted the wrong people or whatever. And one of my friends hit drugs in my bag. I got searched at the airport. You can imagine the rest of the story. And the thing is, if you're like in a third world country where that happens, you can be glad if it's not Thailand because there you kind of get executed for it. Um, I... I actually was um, in a country where it doesn't really matter whose fault it was. The person who has the drugs is the person that is going to get convicted. So um, that was like, I spent two years in the Caribbean for that. Um, and it kind of was because I always look at the bigger picture as well. I, like that was just the outer circumstances, but like the bigger picture of it was like, I had to deal with my past as well. And I kind of had to look at myself from a different angle. And this time I was the one looking at myself, how I used to be before. So, and the other thing was like, when you think like you've made it, everybody has this kind of um, story. When you think like you've made it, I have it all. I have to multiple six figure business. I have the car, I have the house, whatever. I help a lot of people. Like you are going to get slapped in the face. And then you you kind of have to realize it's not about the material things. Like it's not about like your appearance and what you think it is. So it's going to get taken away from you. And that was kind of my, my lesson or my test or however you want to call it. And that was kind of what I had to go through. And it, and it also was a part where I was kind of prepared to take on a much bigger responsibility than what I have lived before Plus, I had to like leave my country and I knew that since the age of 18 and I wasn't ready to do that. And then after all of that happened, I like I, there was no going back for me. I was two years in a third world country and when I came back, everything was so foreign to me that I couldn't even like adapt anymore. Like I couldn't even go back and live there because it was like, what kind of world is that? <laughs> I felt so out of place. So like the only thing for me to do was literally like close the door and leave. Mm. And that's what I did. And then like, that was four years ago now, no, three years ago. 
I was 25 turning 26. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so just, I just, you know, for people listening out there, we've all seen those movies. We've heard the stories like that's, that's some, most people is fair to say that's their biggest fear when traveling is that someone's going to do something like that and you're going to end up in some foreign country. Like I just, I can't believe, like I can't even imagine the feeling that was going through your mind and what, like just maybe I, I, I hope it's not prying too much, but I just really want to know like that feeling, like what did you feel when you were being put in there? Like describe it to us if you can. And cause that to me, to be able to deal with that and overcome that and to become who you are is just so important. And to be locked up in a foreign country, you're vulnerable. You have no, nothing. Everything's taken. Face, I faced racism as well. Yeah. Because like tell us, tell us. About like, I would say black people, even though you're not supposed to say that, but I mean, they call us white people and then they say other like red blood and like whatever. Yeah. So that's just what it is like. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, so that was the first thing because I think I was one of like out of four white women in there. So I faced racism a lot. Wow. Okay. Um, so it's like <laughs> turning the tables, right? Yeah. Um, but like literally when I got arrested, I, there was a second, you know, when you, when you're like able to see multiple timelines at the same time, that's what happened. Like I was able to see in a split second, multiple timelines at the same time, I literally left my body and I knew like before, before I, before I saw the drugs, like I knew what was happening. Like I saw multiple timelines and I, I didn't know what exactly was happening, but I knew something is happening that is going to change my life forever. <laughs> so that was like literally how this whole thing came about. And then I spent like a month in, um, in custody where I was not convicted. And then I had um, my trial. I had to go to court again. And then when I entered the courtroom, like literally that day, I knew she's not going to give me a fine because that's usually what happens. You get a fine, you pay the fine, you don't spend the time, you go back home. I knew she was not going to give me a fine. Um, she's going to convict me and I have to stay here. Like I knew all these things, even though they have not happened yet. Um, so, and then I was like, I was fasting for a month and like, you know, kind of trying to get my mindset at the right place. And like, but that's what I'm saying. If you have to go through a certain morphogenetic field, meaning like you have to transmute it on a cellular level, you're not going to be able to override it with your mental thoughts. And that is why I always say there comes a time when mental thoughts have no more influence in what is going to happen in your life. That was, wow. was what was happening. So I had this month prepared. I was so sure in my feeling and everything that I like, I'm going to get this fine. And I'm like, but then I'm going to pay the fine and I'm going home. It didn't happen like that, of course. So um, it, I, I actually got, I adjusted pretty quickly, like in the beginning, because I was like, okay, I'm going to spend two years here. Um, I need to get my mind busy. Like I need to get focused on what I need to do to like spend those two years. So I made a plan. And I was like, I, I kind of downloaded all the books I was going to write and I literally spent every single day 
um, doing things either physically, emotionally or mentally or spiritually or helping other people like I was teaching there um, to, to kind of improve myself and not, not only improve myself, but to kind of stay true to who I've chosen to be. So the first thing was I made the choice who I was going to be, which was, of course, not a broken person. So I was going to not only survive that, but I was going to th um, thrive and come back stronger. And then I, was go I did all the things I had to do during those two years to make that happen. So, and that's literally every that you have, that's the whole thing you have to do in your life. Whenever you decide to accomplish a goal, you decide that the goal is happening and you have to decide what steps you're going to take to make it happen. And it doesn't really matter what strategy you choose. Whatever strategy you choose works if you work it. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what I did. So that's kind of how I survived and, or not only survived, but thrived in those two years. That's unbelievable. Like, it's just like so fascinating because you kind of, you were, you were forced to either, you know, let yourself sort of crumble or use this as a time to set goals and set where you're going to be. It's like, you know, you don't have to go to jail to do that, but you, you know, you, you, you must have mastered that while there and you must have developed so many things for yourself and just like, you know, as hard as it is to imagine going to jail, but like all that time to think and be with your thoughts, like you're, you're, you're going to become so much stronger from it. And so let's, you, you got out of there and I, I'm excited to hear about like, what was your first you just got out of jail. You're like, okay, I've done all this planning. Like what happened next? And like, how did that, you know, catapult you into where you are today? It just took a lot of like massive action and what I have kind of planned because I could only do so much while I was inside. If I was in Switzerland, I would have had more opportunities to do more from the inside. But like literally there I was not just locked up. I was locked away from every single person and every single thing. Like, I couldn't do anything at all. So I got really busy in executing what I planned to execute on, which was like, of course, build back my business and um, bigger and better than I had before. Um, publishing my books, which I actually did in the last seven weeks because I spent seven weeks in my home country. I applied for a treaty, which I wanted to cancel, but because of my family and because they wanted to keep the hope up, I was like, okay. And it, it took almost two years for the treaty to be completed. And I, then I had seven weeks left and then they came and kind of, I spent seven weeks in my home country in prison. And like I used those seven weeks, I sent out all my essays to all the publishing companies to like publish my book. And like I spent my time um, thinking about what I was going to do once I was out, which was like first leaving my country, like get all the paperwork done. Um, I took all my things, like I sold everything I had or gave it away. Like my family put it in storage and then I, I left. I came to Ireland. Um, and then um, I just built back my company because I did it once. I could do it a second time, which I did. Yeah. And like all the things I had planned, I just took massive action on that. And like the most important part is always focus on selling because only when you sell, you actually help people. So I reconnected with the contacts and the people I already had. And um, I, I went on from there. Wow. Yeah. I just want to recap anybody listening, like everyone listening, like she had a six figure business 
you know, lost it all, went to jail and, and came out and did it again. Like, I mean, there's really no reason why anybody can't, you know, work towards something to build this because she's proven through all these struggles and adversity that it's possible. And it's just, it's so amazing to hear that you've been able to do it a second time after being in jail. Like it's, it's, it, it, it just boggles my mind, but it's just so inspiring, you know, and just to be able to use that as leverage as well to really show that you, nothing will stop you. Right. Like nothing. I mean, that, that's like the ultimate test and it's just yeah. amazing. So now like, let's, let's talk about, okay. So you said you had been working, writing quite a bit. You wrote, you wrote about seven books, but you just got one published, which is super I only, exciting. I only, I sent out one anyways. Like yeah. I didn't want to publish the, the other seven. This was kind of more a documentation of my work. Yeah, um, cool. so I really focused on getting the one I wrote published. Oh, nice. And what's that book called? And it's called Convicted. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Okay, well, we'll, have, we'll have that in the show notes. Yeah, it's, it's in German only. And I'm like going to publish, if probably not the same version, I will see. Like I can talk to my publisher if we're going to publish it, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of developing myself. So I want to publish a book in English that is like, yeah, up to speed with what is happening now. So, um, but anyways, it talks a lot about like the mindset part of things because the prison I was in, it was, it was a prison that was a lot about mindset that you kind of, because every single time when I slipped in my mind and into believing something that is not true, like literally that is an illusion, I got it smacked in my face. Like something, things were happening like if you talk about mirror like the mirror there is instant you are not able to escape that because you are like within these walls so um and I wrote a lot about that which kind of helped me afterwards being really determined about what I came here to do and kind of all the actions I took to build my multiple six-figure business again um were really focused on like the shortest path to actually accomplishing that and then I, I did it in the German market and then I expanded into the English market, which of course is what you have to do if you kind of want to play the global game. So yeah, that's, for sure. that's what's going on now. Okay. Now for anyone listening out there who wants to know, okay, so she was obviously in a, in a, in a low state. What did you use as like, what were your daily practices? Like in your, in jail, you're limited to your resources. But for somebody that's using resources and external things as an excuse, what did you do to apply every day? Let's say like three things that somebody could go today and use to get out of whatever funk they're in and sort of plan out, you know, a path for themselves. So first and most important is move your body. And like, I didn't have enough food. Like, like breakfast and dinner was like a bread that made me sick, so I couldn't eat it. So I needed my embassy to kind of buy food for me and I had to store it and make it last for all the month, which was like very little food. Um, and, and we didn't have like a gym or anything like the guys, they got all the weights and stuff <laughs> and the women they didn't get anything. So I used water bottles to lift weights and like I, I walked the laps and I did um, like um, 
and imagining rope. I didn't even have a rope, of course not. You can't have a rope in jail. Um, rope jumping, like I did it all in the corridor. Um, so like no excuses there. You have to move your body because if you don't grow your muscles, like you won't grow your mental muscles as well. Um, the other part was, I was like, that, that was the gift in like being able to retreat into my inner world and really download what like my soul wanted me to know. And, and like literally what happened when I, when I, when I got locked up, um, I, I kind of hit this reset button where, where you could say my whole database was wiped clean. And I had this new program that was kind of starting to being installed. I call this the death um, process. So like my, my kind of old self died and I was reborn. So I, it wasn't that I kind of had to do a lot in these terms. I kind of had to channel and download what came from this reboot if you want to call it so it's like yeah you install a new software on your pc or whatever mac yeah, that yeah. that's what happened and i wrote about it that's why i wrote so much and then the other thing was that keep myself busy in terms of not not thinking about anything not thinking about time and the most important part only live one day at a time like you can set long term goals which i did but at this time, if I would have thought about, I have like 18 months to go and like count down, like wow. you're making yourself crazy. So whatever goal you have, even if it's like reaching a million dollar mark, which is like baby money, it's small money. Um, like you, and if you're like at the hundred K mark and you think about, oh my God, like I want to reach a million, you're making yourself crazy. Like just take one step at a time. And, and, and take that step consciously and like put all your effort into what you're doing there. So these are kind of the most important things because otherwise, um, and stay away from, like I literally stayed away from like every single body. Of course I was in prison, but if, if it's like in terms of your environment, stay away from people who are not like bigger than you and most important who are not supporting your vision. You should not even support be spending time with people like that like usually spend your time with people who are like bigger than you think bigger than you who are already where you want to be because it literally determines what like in what direction you go yeah i i love that how you how you said you know because you can focus on how much money you want to make but that's not even the important thing it's about well what are you doing right this second like action wise right yeah and I think I, I fall victim to this all the time. I, I, well, I shouldn't say fall victim to it. I do this all the time. You know, like I, I'll be so concerned about all the things that I want to do, but then instead of just saying, okay, well, what do I need to do right now? You know, like, and actually taking action, wasting time, worrying about what hasn't come yet. It's just, it's yeah. so pointless. And you're so right. As you grow, you want to be around people who have the results you want. And, you start to sort of go away from the people that you may have associated with before because you're just not on the same vibration. You're just yeah. different levels, right? You're, you know, mm -hmm. you're not attracted to those, those vibrations anymore. I truly believe that. And the more you surround yourself by people who are winning or at least inspiring you and make you feel good after a conversation instead of bringing you down, that's the best feeling, you know? And when you start to, you start to tap into that and realize like, whoa, this guy doesn't make me feel good or this girl doesn't, but this one does. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for that. And oh yeah. 
that's so powerful that you said that you talked about that now it's um incredible um <laughs> so from there okay those are really good tips by the way i really um i got a lot out of that now you let's talk about the art of evolutionary entrepreneur that's a really cool title you're the founder of it walk us through this this sounds really exciting i'm i'm you know excited for you to share this mm-hmm. so like if I would not have started my entrepreneurial journey, I wanted to become an artist until I realized actually being an entrepreneur is like making art. (laughs) That's how the name came about (laughs) because that's how I understand it. At least it's for me because for me, there is like, you have literally like two options to do business is either you're taking something now Nairia's coming, you see my talk. Oh, that's all right. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a cute dog. Yeah. Yeah, she's very cute. She's seven now. Um I, I had her before I ended up in prison and I still have her. So oh, that's nice. that's really cool. And um, back to this. So like you have like two options. Is either you're taking skills that you've learned along the way and like you're having all these systems and strategies and like tools that you've gotten from someone. And then you're working with that and you're making money out of that. Nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to start a business. But if you really want to kind of access your genius and your legacy and your unique kind of work, then you have to unleash the art of the evolutionary entrepreneur within you. Because it's like there is where your creativity comes in. There is where your genius flows. And like when I talk about genius, there is like, a specific and unique way each and every person is kind of receiving information and then you can say digest the information to see what you can't see with the physical eyes, right? To kind of read between the lines or to kind of your ability to read people because your ability to read people is, is what, what, what brings you all the money is what brings the trust is what makes someone say, Hey, Oh my God, how did you even know all these things about me? You have never talked to me. Like that is how I started my business and how I'm doing business. Like I talk to people and I say things because I can read what is going on behind the masks? We, we, we talked about this in the beginning, right? Yeah. Because I observed the people and I saw, oh, like they're saying one thing and they're, they're doing another thing. So if you're, if you're getting access to that and you are like, hey, this is the real solution to your problem, then you have someone who's paying you. And then it's not like 400, 500, whatever kind of box. If we're talking like if I talk about high ticket sales and that is what I kind of teach my clients, I'm, I'm like starting at 10K. So they, they know how to not only sell 10K packages, but actually deliver on them as well, which always comes back to how you live. It's like, and I'm, I'm like, I developed nine stages of like living in integrity with you. It starts on a personal level that you know yourself on a personal level and not what comes from your parents, from, you know, the systems you grew up and whatever. You kind of weed out all of that. And then you're like, this is me, who I really am and what I want, which for me was like, I don't want to go and study like, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur and all that. And then taking action on this and then not stop until it's done. So I kind of mastered the first three stages and then I had to die which was why I ended up in prison for my soul to come alive and that is the part where you don't 
only have to know what you know how to do, but you have to start tapping into what you don't know how to do and you have to master that. <laughs> and only when you master that can you actually grow, which is always the part where you actually have to act outside of your comfort zone because otherwise you won't grow. And then not stop until it's done. Like that's the other three um, parts. And then the last, us three parts is taking both of these like personally and on a soul level implement it into your business take it onto a global stage and actually live the art of the evolutionary entrepreneur and then create the legacy that reinvents humanity because as i said we didn't come here to like spend a good time and then yeah let's die and that was it we're like this planet needs something different like this is not working like we need new projects new systems new whatever and we are here to build that. So if you're having a business and you're an entrepreneur and you don't know how to sell 10K and multiple five-figure packages, you're screwed because you never have enough money to actually sustain your business. So you won't have money to keep it. You won't have money to multiply it, which means you're struggling, right? And that means you're not an entrepreneur. So it all comes back to like knowing your genius, acting from that and then delivering on it as well. Because only when you do that and you deliver on it and people are getting the results they're supposed to get, are you able to either keep the clients or are you able to like use the testimonials and keep going and going and going. Mm. Um, and what I see or what is happening once you kind of master these stages is that you literally get the ideas because only when you have enough money can you actually think about those ideas. But you're literally getting the ideas, like in terms of the projects, the systems, like the things that need to be invented and that you're going to spend the money on and multiply the money to actually have that big impact that you want to have, right? Yeah. And that is like reinventing humanity. So this is like basically how this whole thing came about. And I'm really passionate about it. Because there is no way around like doing it this way if you really want to have that big impact. And it's not mainly about like having a huge following, even though that helps, but it is about connecting with the right people, which comes back to trusting source that your soul, your source is always guiding you in the directions you need to go to meet the people, to like see the opportunities, to connect with whomever you have to connect to actually make those things possible. And uh, like a lot of times we are not trusting our intuition. Like we are getting all caught up in this linear thinking that it has to be a certain way. And then this step and this step will lead to that and that and whatever. And we're wasting so much time doing things we, we don't even need to be doing. Wow. Yeah. You got so much value there. <laughs> it's, uh, I should have had my, um, uh notepad out because you're just dropping so much value we almost might have to do a second a second podcast here because you're just we can totally do that yeah <laughs> i um yeah if oh man so much gold there and i think people could get so much out of what you're saying because even selling like 10k packages that kind of thing it's your positioning and putting value on yourself and understanding that you're worthy of that because a lot of times people go, well, nobody's going to buy $10,000 worth mm -hmm. of stuff off me. And it's just your positioning and understanding that, yes, they will. If you, have a, if you have a level of authority and trust and your tonality's right and everything goes together, people will, people will do that. And 
that is, it's awesome because anybody that's listening that's involved in the you know, business side of things that I'm in could definitely get value from that because you know, we're you know, dealing with the same thing and a lot of it's confidence, right? Dealing with mm-hmm. understanding that you are, you are capable of, of greatness and being able to sell whatever it is. It's just believing in yourself. That's, that's half the battle, right? And I, I, I love how you talked about that whole package. Now, we are running out of time. I would love to, this could go on all day because I, I love chatting with you, but I want to make sure that people know where to find you. Um, mm-hmm. Let us know how we can find you and how people can connect with you. So mostly I, I, I focus on building like one platform and then moving on to the next and next because otherwise you have your attention scattered all over the place. So I'm, I most of the time I'm doing live streams on Facebook. So you can basically find me there to be to Dietrich. Um, you'll find me there. Um, and if you want to read all my blog posts and whatever, you can go check out the art of the evolutionary entrepreneur, what my work is all about, like read all my blog posts. And that's like the two main places where I am. And other than that, like just shoot me a message and let's connect. Do you have a website that we can look at? Yeah. The the website is the art of the evolutionary entrepreneur.com. The art of the evolutionary entrepreneur. I just want to make sure that nobody, everybody's very clear on where to find you, right? Because sometimes people, you know, in, in talking, it gets lost. So the art of evolutionary entrepreneur, it'll be in the show notes as well. Now, one last thing, I know you've, you've already kind of said it, you've kind of talked about it, but like for the theme of university of adversity, what is one thing that stands out, boom, like comes to your intuition that you can use or tell somebody out there that they can use in their life to overcome adversity, to go on, to create whatever it is they want to create. What is the one thing that you can think of that jumps out? The one thing is decide who you want to be and act on that. Not what circumstances you're living in right now, which doesn't mean like go and get broke or whatever, but like think about who, who once I'm the person, right? Physically the person, what actions do I take? Who do I need to become to actually physically be who I've chosen to be and act on that daily? So it's always like stretching yourself outside of the comfort zone and you have to decide first, otherwise nothing is going to happen. And once you truly make the decision, don't ever let anyone stop you. Don't ever stop until it's done. Ever. Yeah, because you know that you've experienced it. There's always going to be adversities and struggles that you got to overcome. But if you know that you're going to be successful, yeah. you need to believe. Just think about if there is literally like you have made the decision and this decision is what the outcome is. It's pretty simple, right? Because that's how it actually is. Like you have decided this is the outcome. It's that's going to be the outcome. That's it, period. Yeah. Nothing will stop you. Wow. All right. Yeah, we're up for the time. I would love to sit and chat more. Unfortunately, we got to go. I I really appreciate having you on here. This has been incredible. Like I said, we may have to look at getting you on for part two because there's so many levels there. I wanted to go deeper, but you know, I want to respect your time and, and I really, um, it's just been an honor to share this. And I, I'm so sure that people are going to get inspired and hear this and just be like, wow, what's my excuse, you know? So yeah, no excuses. No excuses. I love it. Uh, everybody, just to recap, The Art of Evolutionary Entrepreneur, Tabita Dietrich, thank you so much for being on. And well, Thank you, Lance. Thank you. 
you just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.